Hello and welcome to Hitting the High Note. I'm your host, Kevin Cusack, and today I have a talented singer-songwriter, Casta Jackson, who is joining me from London. And Casta is a very unique singer-songwriter who started writing music while she was in school. And she's going to tell us about that and much more. So I'm proud to welcome to the show, Casta Jackson. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. How are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. Yourself? And I'm doing well. So you just came back from vacation in Cyprus. How was that? It was lovely. A well-needed break. So I've got a lot going on. Um, before that, I was in LA for the iHeartRadio Awards. And then I went and straight back to London to do my first ever sold out headline show. Um, and then in two days time, I'm flying to South Africa um, for some festivals out there and then straight on to Gran Canaria. So it definitely was a well-needed break before everything kicks off again. Yeah. And you mentioned the iHeart Radio Music Awards. You were nominated for TikTok Songwriter of the Year. Which was the coolest thing ever. I, um, you know, I never expected, I only started TikTok a year ago and I still don't really know what I'm doing. Um, but I'm obviously doing something right because suddenly I'm in LA on the red carpet with Olivia Rodrigo, <laughs> which was just crazy. Um, so yeah. yeah. And you mentioned your first sold out headline show. What was that experience like for you? That was probably the most exciting thing I've ever done. I mean, I have done some exciting things in the last year. You know, I supported JLS on their tour. But this for me, because it was, you know, my show and people were there specifically to see me and they knew my songs. And at one point um, there was a very, very special moment where one of my songs, Parallel Universe, everyone was singing along and I put the mic out to the crowd and it was just so loud and I could see everybody and they just were loving the song. And it was I felt really close to all my fans at that point. And you mentioned Parallel Universe, which is a great song, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And what was the process like writing in Parallel Universe? Well, I, it's kind, it was kind of similar to how I write all my songs. They're very autobiographical, all about my life. Um, you know, so it's kind of therapy for me writing these songs. Uh, but Parallel Universe specifically, um, I mean, it was a couple of years ago now, but it's it's about um, when you want to be with someone, but you can't. Um, and I just remember I'd written some stuff down in my notes app. That's how I always, I start with lyrics first, which I think is kind of unusual. I think a lot of people would start with the melody, but I had this idea that I wanted to write about this topic. And then interestingly, when I was, what really young when I was like 12 um I wrote my first ever song but it was absolutely terrible it was just me like at home on the piano and it was called Parallel Universe and it didn't sound at all like this Parallel Universe but it had the same title and I remember telling my mum that I wanted to write this song you know the current Parallel Universe and I told her what it was going to be about and then she said oh you should reuse that title that your 12 year old self had written and I kind of laughed and, and you know was like oh yeah obviously not but then I thought about it and I thought that is actually a very good title 12 year old me was onto something so then um when I got in the session I then was like you know I've got this idea and then it kind of just flowed from there and it's actually so crazy that it's ended up being my biggest streaming song yes and a lot of streams on Spotify which is pretty exciting I mean like seven million 
streams or so. It's a bit overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> Were you surprised on the success of TikTok? Oh, yeah. I was incredibly surprised because, as I say, I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, all I do and still do is just sit in my car and I play songs that I've written and I write the lyrics above my head. Um, and that has you know, these videos just seem to be going massively viral. And all I wanted to do was just share what I'd written with everybody because I'm so passionate about lyrics. Um, like I'm such a lyric nerd. I just love the meaning of things. And and then obviously people have also connected to these songs and it really has changed so much in my life. Um, you know, it's allowed me to connect my music to so many people across the whole world that I would never expect it to happen. And also for me, it's you know, it's such an easy thing to do. You don't have to have big budgets or massive PR campaigns. I just can sit in my car and record a video. Um, you know, it takes five minutes and that's it. Um, and it's so raw and natural and I don't have to plan it. And that's what I love about it. You started writing music while you were in school. Tell us more about that. So, um, yeah, I properly started writing music at school and um, I, I kind of just got into this relationship and I kind of wrote songs, not because I wanted to write songs, just because I wanted to understand my feelings a bit more. And, and that was the way I decided to do it. And, and I was struggling with things in this relationship. And um, yeah, I just began writing these songs. And I mean, they really were not very good, I would say. <laughs> but it definitely helped me begin the process. And I actually started writing with a friend of mine as well, who was a DJ. And so I did um, an, like an EDM song with him. Um, which we never ended up releasing, but my teacher then put it into this songwriting competition called Song Academy. Um, and we got to the final and then we were performing it there. And actually that experience led to me um, being chosen to perform at this event at Wembley Arena, which is a massive arena in, in the UK. And it was like my second gig ever. And suddenly I was performing to 10,000 people. Um, so, and I really just thought, wow, you know, if I hadn't have, written this song in the classroom with my friend and none of this would ever happen. And I, I probably wouldn't be trying to be a singer because I guess I, I always thought, oh, that's one of those things that, you know, people just people not normal people can't become singers. That's not how it works. Whereas actually, you know, through hard work and dedication, it, it has seemed to be possible. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying and I'm getting somewhere now, <laughs> which is cool. You toured with JLS and there's so many opportunities for you. And I mean, look at being nominated as TikTok Songwriter of the Year for iHeartRadio. That's pretty <laughs> big. And not to mention like playing at Wembley Arena, which is like one of the iconic venues in London. Yeah, well, and then from on the JLS tour, we did the O2 Arena four times, which wow. I will never forget. I mean, I never thought that would... I, that's been a dream of mine the, my whole life and the fact that I did it four times in, at this stage of my career is the coolest thing ever <laughs> and I watch I just want to get back and do my own show there that would be my ultimate goal right on and also you played the color day festival in Athens Greece in front of 40,000 people which is pretty impressive <laughs> yeah I mean Sometimes I find it less scary when there's just so many people because people are so much further away. Um, so it's kind of, it's just fun. I just try and enjoy it a lot more, but I definitely, it is exciting. You know, I always get a little bit nervous before I go on stage, but I would say I was most nervous for my headline show that I just did because it was a, 
intimate small venue where you know you make one mistake everybody can tell um so I guess I was more nervous for that but again it's also exciting and I love the different types of venues different sizes different crowds um you know it's a great variety do you have any pre-show rituals before a gig I do yes they're not the most exciting I always have a peppermint tea (laughs) with honey and um well on tour I had my hair and makeup girls with me um and my stylist so we'd always get together and get really hyped and kind of jump around and be a bit weird um, just to get really hyped and I guess get any of those pre-show nerves out um and I what else do I do oh I have this really weird thing where just about just before I'm about to go on stage I have to say the set list that I'm doing the order of the songs three times in my out loud (laughs) so just so I know because you you know sometimes you forget you do different orders of songs different gigs so I always have to remind myself just before I go on stage the order of the songs um so that I don't forget when I'm on stage but I do it three times and it's kind of a bit weird but that's that's what I seem to have developed uh, (laughs) a habit of doing and two of your tracks were featured in season two of the CW's sci-fi tv show Pandora how did that all come about um so the I played my songs to the director of the show um and he weirdly at the time a lot of my songs had the word space in it you know they kind of it's almost like I'd written them for the soundtrack like parallel universe I had a song called spaces and we were kind of laughing about how that was such a coincidence um but anyway he really liked my songs and then used them in the show which was amazing and I actually went to Bulgaria and I was featured you know in person in the show as the singer singing my own song which was really cool very fascinating and yeah you did it for the universe (laughs) I did and you speak fluent French and Spanish yes so I studied modern languages in at Bristol University, um, which was a four-year course. And I guess I always, you know, I always wanted to be a singer, but my parents were very keen because I was quite academic at school. They were keen for me to do a degree as well. Um, So I, you know, I was like, okay. And actually, I'm very pleased I did now because I was able to do my singing alongside and get to where I am. But also I have the ability now to speak and sing in French and Spanish. Um, And I also got to live in Madrid and Grenoble in France um, for six months, each country. And it just was, it gave me a lot of life experience. And I definitely want to move to Spain again because I love the music there. And I definitely think that's now had an impact in my own music as well. Like I've got a song that I'm going to be releasing um, towards the end of this year. And it's definitely, you can hear the Spanish reggaeton beat undertones, which is all because of my time in Madrid. So, and I'm super excited for that single. So, yeah. What is the best thing that you loved about living in Madrid? It's so hard because I loved so many elements. I mean, I'd say top three things were the people. I just think Spanish people are so friendly and welcoming and vivacious. And then also the food. I... I'm obsessed with Spanish food. And I think I had tapas every day for six months. Um, And then Madrid itself as a city, I just think 
the the climate for one coming from England where you lit where it's raining the whole time I was living in Madrid in the summer so it was super hot and you know I never had to wear a jumper which for me was a big thing and I loved it <laughs> besides Spanish food what are your top three favorite foods mm, um I would say okay am I not allowed to include Spanish food in that list oh you can okay well definitely Spanish food number one tapas and then Thai. I love Thai food. And then I'd have to go Italian. You can't be a good pizza and pasta. I agree. <laughs> yeah, Italian is one of my favorites as well. You released a new single, Sophie. Tell us more about that. Oh, well, so that was a very personal song for me. Um, I recently, well, not too recently now, but I had recently when I wrote that gone through a big breakup. We've been together a long time since we were very young. And it's about when your ex goes off with that one person they told you not to worry about. Uh, and I feel like we all as well, a lot of my friends um, and clearly people relating to the song that you always have that one person that you little bit feel a little uncomfortable about. And if you feel that, then you're most likely right. And that exact thing happened to me. And um, yeah. And um, I wrote a song about it and I made what happened into an uplifting, happy song, despite the fact that um, obviously I was very upset <laughs> at the situation. But now for me, I'm really pleased I did write it because I just listened to the song and I can perform it on stage, especially at my show when I was everyone was singing along. You know, it's become one of those moments that now everyone is uplifted by the song and it's no longer a sad thing for me. What messages do you hope? people will get out of your music well so a lot of my music is centered around relationships mainly bad ones um, and breakups um, and I guess not being treated right and so I guess I just want people to not feel alone and that things will get better and I want if people have not been treated well in the past then they can listen to my music as therapy um, you know and help them get through and realize that they need to be treated right and they need to love themselves more um and I think that's you know as I say I wrote these songs for myself initially but the fact that they're helping other people and I get messages from fans every day telling me how much it's helped them in their own personal lives I just think that is exactly what I want to achieve I want to help people and make them realize their own self-worth for example in Sophie at the end in the middle eight one of the lyrics is um now I'm thinking, screw it. I know what I deserve. No need for second chances. It's time to put me first. And just seeing, looking out to the crowd and seeing all these girls, you know, from all ages, young and, and older, um, singing that line back at me and just feeling so confident about themselves was, was a really cool and heartwarming experience. Yeah, definitely an aha moment too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Do you have any tips for aspiring musicians? I would say my main tip that someone told me when I was first starting out um, is always take every single opportunity, no matter how small you think it's going to be, because you never know what could lead to something massive in the future. Like I was saying earlier with me just writing that song in my classroom with my friend and suddenly I was at Wembley and then that led me to the next gig and the next gig. You know, if you don't take every opportunity, then you might miss out on things that would have changed your future. And even if they turn out to be, you know, awful, then you can learn from those experiences and, and it will push you to want to do bigger things. But I've always, you know, I've never turned down 
gigs at the beginning, even if it was just like one man and his dog <laughs> listening, um, you know, that's one fan that you I still gain from that gig. Definitely. Anything else you want to add? Well, I would like to add that I'm about to go on my first ever headline tour, um, which I am so excited for, even more excited now that I've done the Omira show because that was such a success. And I cannot wait to go all around the country and do the exact same thing again. I've got my incredible band, um, which is really exciting for me because I've never performed with a full band before until until my show. So tickets are on sale now. Um, and yeah, I would love everybody to come and watch if you're in if you're in the UK. Are there any UK artists that you want to collaborate with and who would that be? Well, I am all for collaboration. I love writing and doing duets and things. So there's a long list of people. Um, but if I had to pick one UK based artist, you said. Yeah. Okay. Well, at the moment. This is kind of niche, but I would say Gracie. Have you heard of Gracie? I have. Um, because one, I think her voice is, and is incredible and her writing. Um, but also I listened to her music a lot when I was going through my breakup. Um, and there's a specific song of hers. It's not the biggest of her songs. It's called What a Waste. And it goes like, what a waste. Two years of my 20s gone down the drain. And I just listened to it on repeat when I was going through this breakup. So I think it'd be really cool to write a song with her because it sounds like through her music and my music, we went through a similar thing. And I think we could make a really cool uh, song. How can more listeners find out about your music? So my music is available on all streaming services, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music. Um, I also post videos of my release music and upcoming music on TikTok and Instagram. And there's music videos on YouTube, um, but they can also come to my shows, which I was just mentioning my tour. So there's loads of different ways. Um, and if they like it, then I always say, please Instagram DM me and tell me which songs you like and how you can relate. Because I just love reading the messages and, and seeing you guys relating to the songs and, and um, interacting with, with fans. Yes, interaction is key. And people need to interact with the artist a lot more. Mm. Yeah, I think that's, that's definitely true. And I, I, um, you know, I just love hearing that feedback from people and, and what they can relate to. And sometimes I have people telling me, you know, I'll write a song about this because this happened. And I love stuff like that because, you know, it gives me inspiration as well when I'm going to write new songs, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of artists and a lot of bands that don't engage with the audience on social media. It's important for the artists to engage with their fans. One of my favorite parts about social media, you know, replying to everyone's comments and DMs. And I think, you know, obviously some people for their own reasons don't like doing that. But um, I guess my style with TikTok and everything has always been very raw and natural. And, and you know, I love communicating with people. Um, and I think I'm, I would encourage other artists to do the same because people can always tell when you're being genuine and honest um rather than just trying to create an image because it will sell you know that's not my ultimate goal when I write music it's to connect with people um and I'd rather connect with you know properly with a smaller amount of people than than just randomly lots of people hear a song that they're gonna forget true and yeah it's all about authenticity totally listeners if you are in the UK definitely go check out a Cassie Jackson show <laughs> Yeah, I will see you there. And also, I um, 
at the end of every show, I stand by the merch stand where I did this in my London show and I met everybody and I spent, you know, a good amount of time with each individual people so much so that my team was saying, you know, come on, (laughs) you got out. They were trying to move me along, but I just, it was the first time I'd in real life been able to interact with people and have that personal connection. And I'm so excited to do that on my tour. And, and I asked people what their favorite song was, what their favorite moment was. Um, and everyone's answers are so interesting because everyone has, you know, I have my favorite songs of mine, but everyone has such different favorites. And obviously there's the few, a lot of people like Suits You and Parallel Universe, which I was expecting because they're my biggest song. But when, when I hear people saying they love Dear Mum, you know, it's really exciting because my mum was standing in the corner and I was like, well, that's my mum over there. So you can go say hi. <laughs> nice. And yeah, that's the best thing about going to a show is, meeting the artists afterwards and you know getting their autograph talking to them taking a picture Mm. it makes the experience worthwhile yeah and people always ask me they're saying oh do you are you going to do a meet and greet how much and I you know I've I'm just doing it completely for free I want to meet everybody you know I and luckily I'm still at a stage where that is possible and there's a lot of people and it does take time to see everybody but I that for me is the most special part of the shows is meeting everyone because they've made all this effort to come out and see you. So the least I can do is, you know, say hi and have a picture and hear about them. Yeah. Best of luck on your tour. Thank you. Welcome. And thank you so much, Katha, for joining me today. No worries. Thank you for having me. It's been lovely chatting. You're very welcome. And it's been a pleasure. I'll play Casa's song Parallel Universe after the short break. Hey guys, this is Casa Jackson and you're listening to Hitting the High Note. Welcome back. And now I'm going to be playing Parallel Universe by Casa Jackson. Would it be like if I was with you tonight? Would you hold me? I can see behind your smile that your thoughts are running wild or just hold me. The records on our phone show there is nothing wrong, it's normal. So why do things align to conclusions in my mind? Is that normal? When you'd walk me places and we'd stand outside The rain in our faces but only goodbyes We'll stare too long moments we let pass us by When you got me wasted on so many nights In a parallel universe Would you always want to put me first? In a parallel universe Causing trouble Would I call you up at night After one too many wines Seeing double Would you tell me I'm just drunk And I'll regret it with the sun In the morning But what you don't realize Is every day you're on my mind And I'm thinking About when you 
would walk me places and we'd stand outside The rain in our faces but only goodbyes Those stare too long moments we'd let pass us by And you got me wasted on so many nights In a parallel universe Casta Jackson with Parallel Universe and for Casta Jackson I'm Kim Cusack. Thank you all for listening to Hitting the High Note and have a blessed day.